0: Hey y'all, happy Friday, and welcome back to another episode of What's It To You. I'm your host, Josh, back again, um, leading this episode with a critical warning. Um, I will be sitting down with a great acquaintance of mine. Her name is Noob, um, but we dig into some really heavy stuff that she went through in her life. So up at the top, we're going to be talking a lot about domestic abuse, violence, Um, things of that nature specifically and if that's something that really doesn't sit well with you, I just wanted to let you be aware of it here but the two of us i honestly, it's her her opening up her story and her life to me was shattering in a lot of ways and really made me respect this woman more than I already did in the first place Um, I really hope that you enjoyed this as much as I did this was a very awesome look at what we're all trying to figure out. And that's the answer to the question, what's it to you? I just think when you sit there and you hear yourself like just being repeated back to you and you're like this, I can't, I can't keep doing this. I this cringe every time
1: I edit my videos. Not anymore, cause I'm used to it. Mm-hmm. But like in the beginning of my YouTube, I'm like, why do I say that? Like, what is that?
0: <laughs> We're more judgmental of ourselves, though.
1: But it also helped me as to speaking okay. and noticing the things that I would like to implement, change on. How do you mean that? Meaning I like to use ad-libs when okay. I'm thinking. Okay. I'd rather be silent, come up with a sentence, then say it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Two say years it. ago, I would have been like, eh, like eh, eh, eh.
0: so I don't do it. S- there's a buffer. As I wouldn't say a filter. But it's more of a buffer now. Yeah. There's a buffer now. I don't like it. That you have a buffer.
1: Using words that are buffers. I don't like it. Ah, okay,
0: okay. But I me, mean, you no, know what I mean is that you think, you think a little bit more now about what you're putting, like what you're saying. Yeah. Right. That's what I mean. That yes. you're not just.
1: At. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, it also shows your, own, also shows your maturity and how much yeah, you've grown as an individual.
1: Nice. Don't get it twisted, I get gangsta if I need to.
0: Yeah, we all know we hear it every now and again. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: all right, so tell me about yourself. What's your name? Where do you come from? What do you do for a living exactly?
1: <laughs> okay, let me be serious. My name is Nu. I am a model content creator. I'm from Vietnam. I've been in America for 12 years. Okay. They call me a human... What is that word?
0: A humanitarian.
1: Yeah, Uh humanitarian. No, like now.
0: Oh. I don't know what we call you. Most of the time, we just call you an asshole.
1: Oh, well, I'm an angel. Don't listen to him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What's your experience been here like?
1: At first, it was rough. Okay. Due to the fact that I was a immigrant with no family not grasping the understanding of why i came to america okay. so i came over here because my mom told me to i didn't really know who my dad was and stepping into a very hostile and abusive environment was difficult yeah. not knowing english not knowing the culture and I felt alienated, okay. like, by myself. So it was tough at first. And surviving domestic violence, it took another 10 years.
0: You talk about the domestic violence, was that something that you were kind of dealing with from the get-go of here, or was this something that predated when you were here?
1: It started a month after I came to America, was when I learned how my life turned upside down. Because I grew up in a very calm, loving family. I lived with my grandparents. And coming to America, I didn't know anyone, didn't speak English. And I lived in the trailer park in New Orleans with my dad. Surviving him, it took three tries to survive him. And I say that meaning the first time he got incarcerated was when he shot my mom the second time was he no I'm gonna run that back first time was when we had to move because he suspected my mom of cheating on him so he tried to chop her head off second time was when he shot her when I was in eighth grade third time he locked down my school when I was a freshman oh in high school
0: just to preface real quick, I, your mom is still... A, your mom is okay, though.
1: Perfectly fine. I make sure. Great I, condition. I, I know
0: that, but... <laughs> just <laughs> in great condition now.
1: <laughs> no, she's living her best life with me now.
0: That's good. Okay. Yeah.
1: And just to give a clip note on how crazy my father is, he is now in prison for murdering his girlfriend after he's been released from prison.
0: Wow. So,
1: so had the government charged him for attempt murder when he shot my mother, that lady would have not been dead and those children will still have a mom.
0: Sometimes the system isn't perfect, right? It's not. And it fucking sucks when it isn't. Do you think that those situations that you dealt with, like, it's, I mean, I, I've had the privilege of knowing you for a couple of years now and i think that i'm seeing the obviously the after effects of everything you've gone through the things that you found your own struggles and you've worked through them how do you think that's like set you up to be who you are today
1: when i was younger i thought it set me up to die realistically speaking um i didn't see a way out because when you're in the tunnel of abuse but the abuse that i was going through it wasn't regular abuse i was getting chained to the bed or if i get asked to make rice for him and i don't make it i'm getting beat to the point where i'm bleeding or i piss in my pants so the abuse was very dramatic for me and i the only way out of it was me thinking that I was going to die, and that was my my peace. Yep. So being an immigrant, not speaking English, I didn't realize the help that I could have got um, until he locked down my school after, you know, shooting those incidents, shooting my mom and stuff. I just had to take. The step forward I didn't know where it was going but I felt like I had to step up um, or I'm gonna die so I had to be rebellious so it made me strong but I don't think I was ready to be strong being a child you know telling my mom it's gonna be okay when I know it it's maybe it's not gonna be okay but it's gonna be better than getting literally tortured at home and going to school was my safe heaven. So that was difficult, but it made me strong. It made me independent. It taught me to use my power, but use it in a good way. Um, Of course, I still have some masculine in me where now, I'm a lady, I'm a woman, I'm more grown. I'm trying to unlearn those masculine energy that I had to learn to take care of my family, yep. to step up and quote unquote, be the man of the, uh, the household, right? So I'm learning to be more submissive to certain things, um, which is difficult for me because I've always, since the day that I walked away from my dad, I had to be strong. I had to be a certain person. And now I can be her, but more soft. And that's a lesson in itself. But overall, my experience taught me to be strong and it put me on a path of leadership now. That's why I have my position on the board over Troubled Waters as serving on their board. And making decisions and helping the teams.
0: Talking about your position on the board and I know you've done this work, Um, what obviously your the situations you've been through what you've been talking about right now that is like obviously put you in a very experienced way to help this organization that you're with. Right. Has it helped you encounters that maybe would have like overwhelmed other people or maybe you've seen it overwhelm other people. Whereas in your case it's more of like, I've seen this happen before, I know what to do here and I know how to step in and take care of this.
1: Yeah. I've always told people when I share my story with speeches when it comes when it comes to this organization, if it wasn't for this organization, I wouldn't be here. My family would not be here. I we would have been six feet under because my dad did not let go willingly. So, because of this organization, my family see we have a chance at life, right? So, first and foremost, my heart goes to this organization. They do a lot for anyone in need that's going through battered situations. Um, I can spot out when someone is going through that. There's, there's signs. Um, I always offer like, hey, this is what I work for if you need help, it exists. And that's all I tell people. If I see it, I tell them that, and all they have to do is call the hotline. But I do know that I can't, when it comes to those type of situation, you cannot push help onto someone if they're they're not ready. But sharing that that organization exists and the help exists, it will, guide people to want to want help more
0: knowing that there is help out there like no, you said yes. you didn't know that you had it you didn't know that there's options available
1: if i knew this organization organization existed when i was younger i would have left a long long time ago yeah. and my mom says the same thing um just to give a reference like gabriel hernandez if he had the help that he needed That child wouldn't have passed away, but he was a child. He didn't know, right? So being teachers, y'all have a big play into it because there's times where I miss school because I'm beaten so bad. And as a teacher, I'm looking at my teacher like, help me, like, please help me, you know, like, but. Of course, they're not trained in that aspect, so they don't know what to do. But I always preach it, and I always share my story. And I know every time I share my story, I live through my PTSD again. But I don't mind it if I'm sharing some type of knowledge where the teacher know, like, hey, even if my student's going through that, I can't help them, but I can give them the hotline number. That's yeah. all you need to do is offering that, like, next step
0: putting out a hand it's essentially it's like hey it's here if you need it
1: correct yeah
0: what um what led you to actually because we talked about this a little earlier as we're kind of leading up to this one um and you said kind of getting your voice back was like a very important like it's that was a very important journey for you
1: Mm -hmm.
0: obviously like that we talked about like when your freshman year or when you left your dad um, knowing that there was help out there what actually was the moment where you started realizing, "Hey, I have these opportunities to like who I am. Like my like who I am matters. That like what I say matters. What I want for myself matters."
1: I realized I needed to use my voice when I didn't want to die. That day, um, I knew my dad was gonna hurt my mom really bad. That day, um, it was September. I went to school. And I looked at my mom, and I was like, God, protect you. I don't know what to do. School let out at 2.30. I'm by the tennis court. I'm on the grass. I'm crying. I'm praying to God, please don't take my mom away from me. I don't know what to do. I have a younger brother. Please don't take my mom. I hear hear myself saying that over and over until 5.30 comes. And I hear my mom screaming for my name. And at this point, my mom has blood all over her. her it's, she's beaten so bad, but she's like, let's, let's run. Let's go back to the house and get the social security. And I remember just saying, no, I'm done. I'm done. We need to go. This is over. We're not doing it anymore if you don't go, I'm taking Jimmy and I'm leaving you. I don't know where I'm going to go, but I need to go. There's no way I'm going back to that hellhole. So that day, when I had a glimpse of what it felt like to lose my mom and not know what to do. So I was already living that for three hours chanting. So I was like, I have to take a leap of faith. God was all I had. I don't have family. I don't have a support system. Again, I had to. And I felt like I had to. It was do or die. And that saying, people would say, sink or swim. Yeah. And I said, I made it this far. I'm not sinking. So that was the day where it wasn't the best day. It was very terrifying. But it was the beginning of my life changing. I didn't know it then. But everything that I do now to help people, it makes sense now.
0: It kind of comes from that big moment. Yeah. I mean, the most, I feel like, and you say it's cliche, sink or too, but like that idea is like the biggest moments in our life can be the most terrifying. Yeah. Like, that, that's,
1: wow. Life, life will test you. And that moment I could have sank. Because if I listened to my mom in that moment, going back to that house, I would not be sitting here with you. So
0: you're talking about that's when you found your moment, say like, no, you spoke up. What has that journey been like though, since that point of understanding just how powerful your voice can be, both for yourself and for those around you?
1: Rewarding would be the word. I've helped a lot of people over the years and given hope to a lot of people. And I only say that is because they, they come and they tell me. And I've always said, I don't need to change a million lives. I only need to change one because my social worker, which I still have a relationship with now, she's the one that fought for me. She's like, you're going to, you're going to make it one day and you're going to be the greatest thing. And I've always paid it forward to the people that helped me in this organization because I think that's why God saved me so many times because I've gone through it. I've gone through the ringer with my dad. Those incidents that are big, it's just big. But he's tried to kill me numerous of times. And every single time I'm here and I'm breathing. Because if it wasn't for God's grace and my faith in God, I don't think I would have made it. Because it gets really dark.
0: So the woman you have become, the woman sitting here in front of me now, I know her as being incredibly confident, as being uh, uncompromising in her personal beliefs. But earlier you mentioned talking about you're starting to try to like um, reduce, kind of what you called masculine, kind of values. That's what gives you that, gives you that edge. It gives you that like you found strength to stand on in the past, and you're trying to soften it. Where does that play into who you are now? Like if you were talking about softening those, like softening those just a little bit. Yeah. um, Where does the meaning for that come to specifically to you?
1: When I say that, I mean, I've always believed in the saying, say what you mean and mean it. And every word that come out of my mouth, I stand on it. But I don't have to come off so strong. A lot of people know me as to being aggressive which I am, because I felt like I had to be aggressive for people to hear me. Because when I was crying for help, I wasn't being heard. Back in the day, abuse wasn't talked about as much as it is today. 10 years make a lot of a difference. When I was telling my story, I had some people tell me that I was lying. Or they questioned my story where I had to show documents or show proof that that's what I went through. And so being a, I don't like to call myself a victim, but at the time I was a victim of domestic abuse. And when I'm sharing my story and when a woman decides to share it, she's getting called, she's lying. She's not telling the truth or she's adding on or whatever have, whatever the naysayers like to say, right? So that that makes you feel a certain way. So I I took that and I said, look here, motherfucker. You don't believe me? Don't listen. So that's aggressive, right? Five years ago, that's how I would respond. But now as a woman, I feel like I can say that without saying that. You don't have to waste
0: your energy on it.
1: No, I don't have to. So that's what I mean when I say to be more soft. I see, okay. I can be soft, but my voice can be impactful. Which I implement in ways because I'm not a very submissive woman. And that makes me struggle into finding a man, right? Because I'm very, no is no. No don't turn into a yes with me. So I'm trying to meet people halfway or try to understand, okay, maybe I can give a little but you can also understand my perspective. Back then I'll be like, No, don't wanna hear it. I'm okay.
0: So now you're you're looking to find a bridge in certain ways?
1: Yeah. yeah. Because I can meet people halfway. Or more than you know, like I can meet you halfway yeah. and still feel like I'm hurt. And I'm okay with that. Because back then I was more insecure. Now I'm secure. I'm very secure now. So you can say what you want.
0: And your is your story, whether anybody believes it or not, right? It doesn't actually take away from A, what happened to you, but B, what you did to overcome that. Correct. Yeah. It's just You're confident in that and well, that's all you need, right?
1: Yeah. But back then I felt like, no, 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 no. You need to hear me, right? Yeah. Because I was muted. When you're abused for that long, you are conditioned to not say anything. I promise you, anyone that's abused, they won't say anything, they won't share their story, they feel like if they do, they'll get judged or danger will come to them. So they stay mute. They don't say anything. So I was conditioned to not use my voice for a very long time. When I was growing up, I didn't have friends, I didn't speak one because i didn't speak english so i didn't have friends so that broke my confidence down, and then being abused it breaks it even more so having to relearn it's okay it's okay to ask for help and it's okay to say oh i don't like that because if back then when i say i don't like that i don't want to i'm getting back or punch in the face you know so I'm learning not to be so aggressive because if you punch me now, I'm punching back. Oh, sure. You're
0: <laughs> you should no matter what. Yeah, you punch me even harder, though.
1: But yeah.
0: So you feel like actually, you, you feel empowered now. Uh, yeah. Talking about something. You feel empowered now that your voice is powerful enough on its own that you don't need anybody else to, like, actually back that up. Correct. So, we're, so where does that empowerment brought you to today? Because I mean that in the sense of let me, like, Touching back into like everything that you were doing personally with your life, with your career, um, talking about building bridges with other people. Is that empowerment something that you have been learning to maybe help others understand for themselves? Is that something that you've been able to actually like create, maybe to cultivate in other people that you've met with your own knowledge?
1: I would say yes. Because um, the teens, they do look up to me in that aspect. Like, wow, she's been through it, but she's still here. So them hearing me, you can make it no matter what. Doesn't matter your circumstances. I'm here. I'm living proof of every obstacle that's put in my way. And I'm still standing here telling you that I can gracefully and believing in me 100%. Because I do it for me now. Not for anybody else. Because when you put you and you do it for you first, no one can take that away. And no one can dim your light. And if no one can dim your light, you're gonna shine regardless. And you're gonna win at the end of the day.
0: So with everything we talked about so far,
1: Mm. and
0: it's been a beautiful story and I mean that actually I know with, yeah. even with the negative and the dark was what it was mm-hmm. you are here and you are a shining example of you're exactly right you've overcome everything yeah what what does it mean to you when I ask what does it mean to live a meaningful life
1: to me what would make my life meaningful is to love my family to provide for them because of the sacrifices that I've made being a first immigrant of my family is providing for my family and then lending help wherever society needs it to to leave a positive influence to just one person to try to make this world a better place you can't change a whole lot but just imagine you leaving a legacy to one person and that one person does the same and it continues you're changing a lot of lives you're breaking a lot of cycles um and that to me if i know that one day I leave this earth and I know that I've completed that, that gives me the reason why God saved me in the beginning.
0: You brought up the organization that you're a part of. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you want to give like a quick little rundown of what that organization is?
1: Yeah, so the shelter is called the Bridge Over Troubled Waters. It was founded for women that were incarcerated, right? to give them help, to give them assistance at first when it was built, and I believe in the 60s, I'm not too sure. Um, And it developed over time to what it is now today, which is providing housing help assistance to whoever that's been through sex trafficking, domestic violence. So they, one of the things that I highlight a lot from them is that if you don't have papers, they assist you on getting papers. Sure. So when I, me and my mom were in there, we had green cards. So the social workers helped us get our papers into what it is now. So they help you get therapy, they, they provide safe housing, they put you back on your feet again because you're not used to um, living alone, right? So they provide you housing. They give you everything that you need to go back into the world. So this place helps so many lives and so many families, but only if you're ready for help. Because 1 out of 10, no, it takes a woman 7 times out of 10 times to actually leave her abuser. And sometimes they, they don't make it they don't make it because the abuser ten- they will kill you they don't change and they will they will hurt you and they will harm you children or not um so the shelter it's what we need in society but more people just need to know about it um it developed for 10 over the years that i've been when i first ca- called it when the cops came and my mom was shot, it, it the organization wasn't that organized. Meaning I was transported into CPS and juvenile, yeah. which it shouldn't have happened anyways, right? But it wasn't what it is today. Now social worker gets called onto the scene. If it's domestic violence, sex trafficking, anything that is battered, they go to the site. They determine, they analyze the situation, saying, no, they're getting abused. They need to come with us. They step in. and They're offering help. Because when you're in front of the abuser, you're going to be like, no, he's not hurting me. He's not hurting me. That's what my mother was doing when she got shot. She was trying to convince me to tell the cops that she accidentally shot herself. And he didn't do it. In front of him. That's what she was saying. But she is scared for her life.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know what this I mean? person who's actually it's right there. inflicting the damage is still there. It's still there. Yeah.
1: So this shelter is really a safe heaven.
0: I well, we want to make sure to include their information in this episode description as well. Yeah. Um, I think that what you're involved with is beautiful. I think that your story is absolutely out of this this is like my first time hearing it and this is, um, yeah. I, the amount of respect I have had for you is even more so, um, the fact that you're still here in front of me and that you can actually have this conversation with me, that you can, you, you're able to give such like words to it and explain where you're at and then also to how you've managed to turn that into your best advantage
1: yeah. and to
0: give to other people. I think that's absolutely inspiring.
1: Thank you. So, I try. Thank you. Thank you, you. <laughs> I <don't think>
0: you, <laughs> thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks for sitting down. There. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Heyo, oh, and here we are at the end of another great episode. With this episode, I had to take a lot of moments, especially going through the editing to kind of stop and sit back for a second and really kind of evaluate what it was that new and I had spoken about or what she had opened up to me. And it made me realize that there's so much in the lives of the people around us that we so often overlook because we don't even know that they're there. And news backstory is if you were to meet her, if you meet her anytime out on the street or anything like that, you'd never in a hundred years think that any of these things had ever happened to her. She ever had to deal with situations like this, but I think that's, what's inspiring about it is that you never would think it because she is so thoroughly overcome the challenges that life has thrown at her. Um, through sheer force of will on her part, and then also understanding that she got to where she is not strictly because of herself, but because there was a network that she was eventually able to find. And now she's giving back to improve that network and actually increase its reach, which is just absolutely inspiring to me. I hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Um, It's truly one of those that's going to be up there for me. But I want to thank you all for continuing to tune in. I would like it, it, if you would all continue to like, subscribe, rate, um, pass the word on, um, tell your friends. Um, we'll have a new episode dropping next Friday. so I'll see you, see you a little bit sooner um, than normal. But I hope that you all continue to stay safe out there. And as always, don't forget to keep asking, what's it to you?